Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about becoming the hero of your own story. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Michael Anthony. Michael is the author of the best-selling book, Think Unbroken, and is a coach, mentor, and educator for adult survivors of child abuse. Michael spends his time helping other survivors get out of the vortex to become the hero of their own story and take their lives back. Michael hosts the Michael Unbroken podcast, teaches at Think Unbroken Academy, and is on a mission to create change in the world. You can reach Michael at his website, HealTraumaCoach.com, and listen to his podcast at ThinkUnbrokenPodcast.com, and I'll include those links in the description. Welcome, Michael. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thank you, my friend. Super excited to be here with you today. I am grateful that you are here, and I am so grateful that you are currently unbroken. You are a survivor. Are you willing to share your story? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's um, it's fascinating to me because sometimes as I recant it, I go, that sounds like a movie. Um, so I grew up in Indiana. Uh, my mother, who was a drug addict and alcoholic at four years old, cut off my right index finger. So that kind of gives you precedent, right? Um, my stepfather was super abusive, the kind of guy you praise never your stepfather. And I spent the majority of my childhood homeless and in poverty. Uh, and in fact, by the time that I was 12 years old, I'd lived with 30 different families. Um, I got high for the first time when I was 12, drunk at 13. And by 15, I was expelled from school for selling drugs, you know, your classic American TV movie. And, uh, and I found myself trying to figure out what the solution was for poverty, for abuse, for, for trauma. And I was out, I was selling drugs, I was stealing cars, breaking into houses, um, finally got put into a last chance program in school, still did not graduate high school on time. They just handed me the diploma and they're like, you just got to get out of here. And I was trying to find out how to fix this. And I thought, well, it must be money. That's got to be the thing, right? And so I made a declaration myself, by the time I'm 21, I want to make six figures legally. Now, Linda, that part was really important because my best friends had been murdered. My uncle's in prison for life. I knew the path that I was heading on. And so I ended up landing this job working for a Fortune 10 company, no high school diploma, no college education, as I headed into being 21 years old. And uh, that only made my life worse. And that was because I'd not done any of the work. So I had all this money, but I hadn't done any of the work. I was still that hurt, lost little boy. And I found myself at 350 pounds, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep, and just trying to numb, trying to hide from all of the pain I had been through. And I found myself this one morning, it was 11 o'clock in the morning, keep in mind I'm 350 pounds, um, smoking a joint, eating chocolate cake, and watching the CrossFit games. And, you know, if that's not rock bottom, I certainly don't know what is. And I, I, when I looked at myself in the bathroom mirror and I just did not recognize the face and I was like, what is going on, man? What are you doing? And I asked myself the most important question I've ever asked myself. I said, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the words, no excuses, just results started reverberating through my body. And I was like, I'm going to stop negotiating with myself. And I got serious about therapy. I got serious about personal development. I got serious about becoming trauma-informed and educated. And 11 years later, here I am talking to you. Wow, that is amazing. So no excuses. 
and going through that. So you had so many changes that you had to make as far as your, your physical fitness and as far as overcoming addictions and then going back and also being able to handle that trauma. That's a lot to do. How long did it take to work through all of this? I mean, I'm still working through it. You know, I, I don't think that this ends. You know, one of the things I teach my clients, which is honestly probably very surprising to them when we get started, is that there's no end to this. You know, when we're, we're the sum total of all of our experiences leading up to this moment. That means everything that's ever happened in our life informs us into who we are today. And that will hold true in 50 years from now, right? For the entirety that you're here on this planet. And so because of that, I think about life in, in terms of layers, like you're always uncovering things, you're always working through things, you're always healing things. And then more things come because we've been alive for 26 years, 37 years, 52 years, there's always more. And so, you know, the thing is, it, it started with in that choice and that decision of no excuses, just results, it really began with can I ask for help? Can I be vulnerable? Can I look at life from this perspective of maybe I can't do it all on my own? Maybe this idea of like dust it off and wipe it off and like be okay isn't actually working because the more I tried that, the more miserable my life was, the more depressed I was, the more anxious I was, the more hurt I was. And then when I started getting help and I said, I'll take therapy seriously, group therapy, EMDR, CBT, Gestalt therapy, I go to all these things. If I take personal development seriously, I'm going to read the books. I'm going to go to the events. I'm going to listen to, now podcasts weren't what they are today back then, but I'm going to listen to the podcast. I'm going to watch the videos. And then it turned in, can I get educated? And today, Linda, I have like 37 trauma-informed certifications. I'm sorry, I don't actually know because I have so many. But I said, what do I have to do to educate myself to heal through knowledge? You know, and so it's, it's, it's there's so much to it. And I think the biggest part about it is you just put one foot in front of the other every single day and see if you can move towards creating the life that you want to have. That is so empowering. That is so empowering to think that you can do that. And I love that combination of learning and doing. You you learned the things, but you didn't just sit and, and, and watch the videos and listen to the podcasts and whatever. You did the things that went along with it. And I think it's the magic comes in combining those two things. That you got to want something enough to do something about it. So that is incredible. So what? Um, how do you get someone out of the vortex? Say you're working with a client and they're in that spot. Where do we start? Yeah, look, the, the number one thing in life that, that I teach every single person I come across whenever humanly possible is you take this thing right here called a pen and a piece of paper and you write down, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. Mm. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And then you tell yourself that every single day until you have convinced yourself that it's true. Because the reality is what most people don't understand and what they don't face is that what we think becomes what we speak, what we speak becomes our actions, and our actions become our reality. And so if we're moving in our life through a scope of kindness, we are better able to live life in a way that serves us. Think about this. The way that you talk to yourself is a way that if you said to the right person would get you punched in the face or arrested, <laughs> right. 
right? Think about this. If you said something you say to yourself, the police might actually arrest you because you're threatening the life of another human being. And you're talking to yourself like that and you expect to be successful. Hmm. So maybe let's start there. Because this thing about the vortex, that's the pain. That's that self-imposed prison. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not capable enough. Well, if we are the stories we tell ourselves, which I believe that we are, then you're operating through that scope of pain that you're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be strong enough. You're not going to be capable enough, right? And so what I'm always thinking about is can you just remove that narrative? Can you remove that from your vernacular? Can that not be a part of who you are? Because that's embedded in us. It's ingrained in us. It's instilled in us from youth, from the first time that we're hurt or abused as a child to... Even if you're not abused and in third grade, your teacher says, Linda, who do you think you are? You just colored the moon purple. What is wrong with you? And you're like, I was just trying to figure out who I am. And so when you start to move through this frame of the narrative other people have laid in front of you and you interrupt that with this process, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself and you convince yourself that it is true, then on a long enough timeline, you will move accordingly. I think that's amazing. Here we are talking about trying to heal from the abuse from other people. And the first step is to stop the self-abuse. That, that those thoughts and those words that we tell and do to ourselves. So we have to start with ourselves, with that being kind. And I like the way that you put it. A lot of the, the declarations that people have feel so out there, like I am amazing or I am whatever. But just to start with, I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. It seems like something that is doable. Yeah. Doable I, in I that moment. I don't subscribe in the least bit to those other things. If someone is like, go look at the mirror and tell yourself you're the greatest. I'm like, that feels stupid. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It just, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't connect to me. Any, and I don't think it connects to most people, to be honest with you. I really don't. But, but this is practical. Kindness is practical. And people look at me, they go, you're six foot four. You're covered in tattoos. You've had this crazy life. What do you know about kindness? I'm like, uh, everything. Right. And so like you start in that scope, you start with you first, right? You start with you first and watch how it impacts your life. That doesn't mean, look, look, and I want to be clear, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have these moments when you're going to have to be aggressive with yourself. You're going to have to push yourself. You're going to have to find what parts of you exist that are untapped in regard to your potential because you've never challenged yourself hard enough to get uncomfortable because that's the only way you're going to grow. And in that, you're going to have to do difficult things. But don't misconstrue difficult things and not being kind to yourself. Because it's really simple. It's a question I ask all the time, especially when I'm facing hard things. Am I taking care of myself or am I taking it easy on myself? Because I can assure you this is not the same. Right. And taking it easier on yourself, which a lot of people would equate with kindness, isn't kindness. And not holding yourself accountable is not kindness or respect. Yeah. It's not. And that's such a great point. You know, people talk about what is self-love, what is self-respect, what is self-care. It's doing the thing you know you have to do because you know you have to do it because inherently in your soul, it's like, do this thing. And you can't sleep at night because you're not doing it. And you have anxiety because you're not doing it. And you're depressed because you're not doing it. How is that taking care of yourself? Because you're scared? Because you have fear? 
We all do. I wake up every day. I'm like, man, I'm so afraid. Let's go get it anyway. Right. Because at the end of the day, like the truth is, I, I, I believe this to the soul of my being on my deathbed. I will not die with regret. I refuse it because I will face every fear that I have to face along the way to reach my goal. I'm willing to do that. And that means public ridicule and shame and guilt and working through trauma and showing up and being on stages and podcasts and writing books and all of these things that are incredibly difficult and uncomfortable because I ask myself, what do I have to do to have the life that I want to have? And every single time you take an excuse and you leverage that, whatever it is, because trust me, there's a lot of them. And I raise my hand as being guilty. I'm not like speaking from, from the pedestal down upon the people. It's very simple. When you live life with excuses, you will die with regrets. Ooh, that's, that's rich. That's deep. So I love you're talking about what courage is. To me, courage is not not being afraid. It's being afraid and doing it anyway. And that's what you're doing. It's like, oh, I don't love this. This is challenging, but I'm going to do it. And you are. And you are doing all the things. That's fantastic. Well, we all have the capability to. But the, the worst part about everything that we go through as, as a human being is that our, our brain is very malleable. And while that's the best thing, it's also the worst thing. So if all of those limiting beliefs, as we will call them, all of that, I'm stuck, I'm not good enough, I deserve this, the more you let that be your narrative, the less it is that you are going to operate in a space of creation, of abundance, of hope, of joy, of love, of all the things you're capable of doing. Because I'll tell you this right now, it takes as much energy to destroy your life as it does to build your life. And looking back where I was 11, almost 12 years ago, you know, that, that was a lot. It's a lot of energy to go to McDonald's and get drunk every day. Like for real. It's a lot of energy to cheat on your partners and to lie to yourself. It is. It's a lot of energy to destroy your family relationships with what little bit you have, to make your friends resent you, to have contempt. That's a lot of energy. But what if you refocus that energy? What if you put it into something powerful, something creative, something beautiful, something that mattered, something that changed and transformed your life, something that impacted your family, your friends, your neighbors, your kids, your community, your world? Hmm be interesting if you did that. That is fantastic. So it's so interesting. You talk about how that it takes energy to do all those negative things, but it doesn't feel like it because it feels like you're just going on those ruts down the road. So it doesn't, it's just like, oh, I'm just doing my thing. And it takes effort to, to turn the wheel and to go a different direction. But it's yeah, worth well, it. Well, th think about this. Some, somebody actually just today asked me this question. And I thought it was really fascinating. They said, how do you define success? And I was like, success is about doing boring, repetitive things over and over and over and over again until they come to fruition, right? And so, yes, of course, you're going on the, you're on the side of the road and you're bumping all over the place and it's chaos. And you're like, how did I get here? And you're trying to go left. And I'm like, go left. Just keep going left till you end up left. Just keep doing it every single day until you end up where you want to be. And accepting that the reality of the truth of the situation is you have to instill a tremendous amount of patience because it's going to take you a lot longer to get to that destination than you thought. And in that process, even though you're trying to go left, you're going to get a flat tire. Even though you're trying to go left, you're going to get back going straight or back going right. And even though you're trying to go left, you're going to run out of gas. And then you're going to have to ask yourself, what am I willing to do to have the life that I want to have? It's not easy. 
none of this is easy. Like, uh, it, it drives me crazy. People think that it's just like, I do one thing and my life is different. Do a million things and your life will be different. But think about this. Different should be the goal, not better. People get tied up in, I want my life to be better. I want my life to be perfect. I want my life to be great. I'm always like, can my life be one degree different from where it was today? Can I just be in a slightly different position than where I was an hour ago? Can I move towards my goals in a different way than I've ever tried? Just taking data. Failure is your best friend. And this is where people get caught up. They go, oh man, I'm so scared because I'm going to fail. Yep, you 100% are going to fail. I promise you, you're going to fail. It's going to happen every single time. It's the same reason why the first time you've ever done anything in your life, you've been terrible. And then you get proficiency and then you get mastery and that takes effort. And the only way that you create that consistency is on the backside of confidence, which here's where it's really funny because it's this interesting loop. The only way you get confidence is from consistency. And the only way you get consistency is from confidence. So you just keep going through it every single day. And on a long enough timeline, those changes begin to take shape. Small and simple steps, but a lot of them. Small and simple steps. Okay, so I want to talk just a little bit about when you were had your, you called it a mirror moment, right? Where it's like, oh, this is where I am. And this is, I just decided that where I am is not where I want to be. And then you took it to another step where you reached out to somebody else to get some help. So you are now a coach. Let's talk about how coach and how having a community can help people be able to get unstuck. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I, you know, I, was, I never stopped going to therapy. I started going to therapy. It was court mandated when I was a kid. They're like, we don't want you to go blow stuff up. So we're going to at least get you a little bit of help. And so like, I would go to therapy all the time, even in my teens in that chaos. And in my twenties in that chaos, I was always going, like, I never stopped going. But part of that mirror moment, that moment of asking for help was, can I go and be vulnerable? Can I go and actually seek the reason why people go to therapy? Because I was telling therapists what I thought they wanted to hear. Uh-huh. It felt safe, right? Because as a kid, I learned that. those was a defensive mechanism, survival. Cops come into my house. I, you know, I don't know. I fell off the washing machine. Fine. You know what I'm saying? And so that serves you until it doesn't. And so I found myself in this moment of being like, okay, I need real help here. I need to actually sit down with the therapist and have a real conversation. I need to sit down with personal development people and mentors and have real conversation. I need to put myself in the room of people getting PhDs and continuing education credits and trauma education and just ask questions, find out reasons, create correlation, create causation, create an awareness and understanding. And so now I never like, like, look, I, I never had any inclination ever that I was going to be a coach, that I'd write a book, that I'd speak around the world. Like that, I don't, I don't know. I never signed up for that stuff. It just happened. It happened because I was just trying to make my life better. And I still am. I still have a coach. I still have a therapist. I see my therapist on Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like I'm still going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing it because I'm always trying to get different. Like I'm always just trying one degree. How do I get one degree different from where I am today? How do I just keep going no matter what? And so, you know, it's an honor to be able to coach people. There's something really powerful about getting, I got a message tonight from someone and they were like, I did that thing we talked about and it was terrifying, but I'm glad that I had your support to get through it. I'm like, good. Now go keep doing hard things. Watch how different your life becomes, you know? And so it's, it's, 
it's an honor. It truly is. It's a privilege to be able to do this. And I, I look at it as, you know, just something about it is serendipitous, right? I look at my life. I look at the things that I always wanted and I go, man, I just created what I wanted through all the, the difficulties, all the adversities. And to be able to instill what little bit of wisdom and knowledge I have into other people, like it's, it's a very humbling experience. That is epic. And I love that you're in a continuing education kind of a thing. It seems like along the path of life where we are, there's going to be somebody behind us and there's going to be somebody in front of us. And we can turn to the people in front of us and say, hey, what's the next step? And we can turn to the behind us and say, hey, here's the next step for you. Just keep going this direction. And so I love that. I love that continuing. And the idea that doing hard things is good for us. There's such a mentality out there that we want everything to be easy and instant. And everything that you are saying is, it's not easy and it's not instant. So this is not microwave life 101. This is like real, real effort. Yeah. Yeah, well, look, I, I think if it, if it were easy, well, I wish it was easy. Like, I swear to you, I wish I had a magic pill. I wish I could just have it and get invent it and give it to people and make myself obsolete. Great. That's ideal because I'd literally be doing anything else right now. But I feel a moral obligation to do this and to lie to people and to be dismissive of the reality that healing your life, healing trauma, getting to a place where you do the hardest thing that you ever do and loving yourself is tedious and daunting and exhausting and sometimes boring, but also enthralling and powerful and beautiful. Like that's the truth about it, but it's going to take you six years or 12 years or 36 years. I don't know. Cause everybody's different. And the thing that I'm always just thinking about is just keep going, just keep going, just show up every day, just show up, stop making excuses. Cause look, there's a million of them and this makes people feel uncomfortable and they don't like to hear it. But it's often a reflection of our own choices that lead us to this place where nothing is different. That's hard because that makes us accountable. It's so much easier to try to blame other people, other circumstances, other situations. It is, I am the way I am because of this person or that situation or the other. And this requiring personal accountability, that is a hard thing in and of itself. Yeah. Well, it's the hardest thing because it's a reflection at looking at your inadequacies. Look at them. Like for real, look at them because when you do, and I'm not saying you focus on it, you go, I'm not good enough. That's nonsense. You're never going to change like that. Nothing will be different like that. But you look at it and you go, how can I be different? How can I move in that direction? How can I not look? I played the victim better than anybody ever. I mean, I, I, I seriously... From just my zip code alone, I should be dead or in jail. That is a more indicative factor of success in life than almost any other measurement on planet Earth, your zip code. And so I should be dead or in jail, period. And then you add on all my choices. Great. And then you add in going to get drunk every night and eating fast food every day and getting high all day long and not taking care of my body mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in any capacity possible. And then having this rock bottom moment where I'm having five panic attacks a day, my life fills upside down. I feel completely outside whatever scope of reality I ever thought I'd be in. I have all this money, but nothing to show for it. Well, how did I get there? I'm going to guess it probably was a choice or two I made along the way. And so to stare and look at that inadequacy and just go, the reality is that I did this. 
my choices put you in this really interesting position. And it's a hard truth. It's a vulnerability you have with yourself that otherwise I don't know you ever have. And the mirror for me was that moment. Look at your life. Look at the choices you have made. Yes, bad things happen to you. Not culpable for that. It is not my fault that my mom was a drug addict and alcoholic or that my best friends got murdered or my uncle's in prison for life or I was homeless as a kid and had to steal food. That's not on me. But I'm 37, 52, 76 years old. Do something about it. And that's the heart. Like, Linda, I wish it weren't the truth. I wish it were easier. I wish you could put things in a perspective in which it's just like, let's sprinkle some sugar on and everything will be fine. But when I did that, when the more I tried to pretend it wasn't there, the more it destroyed my life. Isn't that something? I love the idea that our past doesn't have to define our future. So your past is nothing like your present and your future is even brighter. So that is amazing. So how do you help people wake up to that to say what has been does not have to be what is and what will be? Yeah, I think that's a great question. You know, I, I look at life through the scope of momentum. It's everything. Momentum is everything in life. And you think about this idea when you're a little, here, here's a great analogy I like to use. When you're a little kid, you're on the swing set, right? And the one thing you want to do as you're a little kid is what? You want to swing the swing all the way over and around, right? That's always the goal. That's called centrifugal force. Well, guess what? How do you create centrifugal force? You need momentum. So you want to swing over the top and then go to the next level in your life. You need momentum. But in order to have momentum, you first need to have alignment with your goals. What do you want? What do you want? Because the reality is, again, coming back to this pen, you're not writing anything down. You're not taking your dreams and putting them on paper and mapping out the framework to get there. You don't have a game plan. And yet you're sitting here spinning like, why can't I go anywhere? Because you don't have a direction. If I told you drive from New York City to San Francisco, no GPS, no street signs, no roadmap, no compass, you are not going to make it, period. No, I get very, very lost. You know, some people don't want to write a goal or think about a goal because they think they can't have it. Yes, it's oh, like that's no, such a I, phenomenal I, point. I can't I'm so glad it. that you just said that because uh, because I am a loser or I am a whatever. So you've got to throw that away, Linda. You got to throw that away. I'm so glad you brought that up. Nobody ever brings that up, and I'm so glad you did. And here's why: because for the people listening who are like, "Why write my goals? I'm a loser." I understand that place. You have to throw that out. Why? Because we operate through this scope. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. You are operating through that. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. You're not going to call yourself a loser. You're not going to say you don't deserve it. You're not going to say I'm not good enough. Now, again, this comes back to my point. You're going to have to convince yourself that this is true. This is a repetitive behavior. This is a process of interruption. This takes some time to like really hold on to, but I promise you it works because I've done it with thousands of people. And then what's going to happen is one day, because you've said it 7,000 times, I'm the kind of person who's kind to myself. You do it a hundred times every day. And what happens is you finally sit down. You know what? I do deserve that relationship where I'm treated with respect. Hmm. I do deserve the job and career that I want. 
I do deserve to have connection with the people in my life who bring me value. I do deserve to take care of my body. I do deserve to eat well. I do deserve to quit that thing or go to that place or build that idea. And then you write that goal down. And then you start moving towards it a little bit every single day because it matters. Because you have decided that being kind to yourself means that you give your space, yourself the space to be successful. I love that. Thank you, Michael. And thank you for the conversation. And thank you for all the things that you're sharing. I am so glad that you got unstuck, not only for yourself, but for the thousands of people that you are affecting and influencing and helping. You are amazing. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you so much. That's such an amazing compliment. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by author Jean McAlvaney. She said, you can recognize survivors of abuse by their courage. When silence is so very inviting, they step forward and share their truth so others know they aren't alone. If you are an abuse survivor, know that you're not alone and that there is hope for healing and that you can become the courageous hero of your own story. See you next time on Linda's Corner.